Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. If you have your Bibles, open with me to Ephesians. And as you do, would you say this with me? Today, I receive the Word of God. The prophet me, reproof me, convict me, instruct me to righteousness that I may become perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Amen and amen. Have you found Ephesians chapter 4? And he himself, speaking of God, we know this is God right here, he himself, he gave some to be apostles some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for a reason. Now that reason is shown here for the equipping, I believe the King James says the perfecting, the equipping of the saints for the work, he gave them for the work of the ministry, he gave them for the edifying of the body of Christ. He gave him until we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature and the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking truth and love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knitted together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by what, which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So the word of the Lord that we have gotten for this year, personally for this church, is that he's a mighty God, and that God is going to show his might in an unprecedented way. And then Brother Jerry got this word, progressing, advancing, experiencing promotion, seeing your highest expectation fulfilled. And Brother Jerry, in, in, his, in his teaching, and, and, and I, I validated it, I've kind of looked it up myself, and followed along with it, but progressing and perfecting are parallel words. They go hand in hand. Well, if we're going to be perfected into more of Christ's likeness, then we're going to probably need more of God in our life. Wouldn't you agree with me? And so how do we get to that place where we can progress or we can be perfected? Well, it tells us right here in Ephesians chapter 4, he gave some. So he gave some to be apostles and some prophets, evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. And he gave them for the purpose of this, that is to perfect, perfecting. And the four things I'm going to talk about in this particular message, even though there's a lot in here, the four things I want to cover tonight is the perfecting, the work of the ministry, the edification of the body of Christ, and unity. And so perfecting here means to complete or completely furnish. That means to give you everything you need to be successful. Everything you need to live a good life, an overcoming life, 
an abundant life, a successful life, a victorious life. He's given you all the complete furnishing. Sounds like 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, according to his divine power, he has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. So he's given you these things. So he wants to complete you. But how do you get them? How, how is he trying to get it across to you? Well, as the word of God says, how can they hear unless there be somebody sent? And so God sends men and women into the fivefold ministry to help bring these things to equip you or to perfect you. The reason why is so that you can advance, so that you can experience promotion, so that you can see the goodness and the greatness and the might of God in an unprecedented way. This is his purpose. He put these gifts in order to help us get to the next level. Now, I've been in ministry for over 40 years. And one of the things that God divinely did for me, not knowing a whole lot about the Word, not knowing a whole lot about authority, not knowing a whole lot about how God had the had the church structured and set up, but he divinely sent me to a church and introduced me to my pastor, my spiritual father. His name happens to be Pastor Bob Nichols. And it was there that, you know, I began to grow and be equipped through hearing the word of God, going to Bible school, serving you know, doing whatever I can do, and uh, if I did it wrong, he was, he was uh, kind enough to tell me that I did it wrong and how to do it right, and uh, thank God for that. Thank God for that. I needed somebody to, to train me, to equip me. You know, isn't it something that, you know, in the medical field, you have to get four years of uh, a degree, and then you have to go to medical school, and then you have to do an internship before you can even uh, be considered uh, a license to practice as a doctor. You know, if you're going to be an electrician, there's a four-year apprenticeship with it. Isn't that interesting? You know, aren't you glad that somebody who just didn't Google how to do electrical work doesn't come to your house with a tool belt on and an ohmmeter in his hand says, I know how to fix your electrical problem. Plumbing, same way. Isn't that something? A plumber you know, a certain certification of a plumber. You have to be an apprentice for a while. Even if you're a teacher. You know, how many of you, when you were growing up, had a student teacher? Remember that? What was that student teacher there? They gave him a semester to learn how to uh, teach kids. They had to go be, be put under some form of apprenticeship, some, some form of supervision, someone to, to train them and to teach them. But isn't it a hoot that you can go to a certain magazine and for $39.95 get a piece of paper that says you're ordained in the ministry? Isn't that crazy? I mean, you know, that's just about as much as it's worth. You know, I'm called to preach. Well, I'm glad you're called to preach. But there's a process of being developed in the area of being called to preach. And the purpose of being in the body of Christ 
is not so that you can have a platform, but the whole purpose of being in a ministry is being in a place of being a servant. The, the, the more responsibility you have, the more responsibility of serving is going to be upon you. And that's the whole key. Jesus said, I did not come to be served, but I came to serve. You know, and so many times in ministry, so many times, you know, when, when, when you're, you're wanting to hear the word of God and, and there's, I mean, I don't know how many, thousands and thousands and thousands of blogs out there, you know, and they're all just competing for you, your attendance, your, your, your listening to you to put a like on their, you know, whatever social media platform it is. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but what I'm saying is that that should not be a place where you're being perfected. It's, it's in the church where God has put these gifts to help perfect you and to help advance you. And I've been doing this for 40 years, you know, and I don't believe I'm a novice at this, but in Bible school, we, we, we had other students with us, and, and I'll never forget one time, uh, ran into a Bible school student, and they said to me, that I'd gone to Bible school with, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm, you know, at Calvary Cathedral. I, I work in maintenance. Oh, you ought to quit that. Really? Why? Yo, you know, God's got more for you. Well, I believe God had more for me. I said, well, I just, this is what God's called me to do. In fact, I, I talked to a friend a couple years ago, and he said that, uh, you know, when you said that you felt like you're supposed to stay committed to Calvary, he said, several of us thought you were nuts. And uh, this one gentleman I'm referring to, everybody said, man, he was the golden boy in Bible school. I mean, he was eloquent in his delivery, and he was powerful and anointed. And God was going to use him. He was going to go somewhere in the ministry. And I'm not saying that He's not doing the will of God, but he's never been in full-time ministry. But a couple of years ago, he called us up, or when we were talking, we, were, we got reacquainted, and he said, you know, he said, we look at your life and we look at our life, and he said, you must have gone the right path. We thought you were nuts staying around Calvary, being a maintenance guy. And this one girl said, what are you doing, Tom? Why are you, why are you staying where you're at? Well, because that's where God called me to, to be. I said, well, how, how's God going to open up the doors? What do you think God's going to do for me? Well, you know, my husband is Kenneth Copeland's pilot, which I knew that. Yeah, I, I, I know that. And she said, and what's going to happen is that I'm going to be at one of the meetings that he flew Brother Copeland to. I'm going to be sitting in the front row, and God's going to say, oh, the anointing's on you. It's your time to preach. And that was 40 years ago. And I haven't seen Brother Copeland call her up yet. In fact, I haven't seen her at any of Brother Copeland's meetings in many years. And I'm not making fun or light of this, but there is something to letting God use the fivefold ministry to perfect you. Amen. 
And of course, again, perfecting is, again, along the same lines of progressing. You know, I think of Brother Jerry Savelle, and I listen to how, you know, committed he still is to serve Brother Copeland. That's where he started. And look what God's done for his ministry. And I, and, and I see others who've just held steady and, and, and looked to, you know, a covering or having an authority in their life. And God just really has just exalted their ministry. And so there are going to be people who come in and they're going to say, well, you know, Pastor, I, I really feel like that, you know, I'm called to do certain things. Well, praise God. We, we, we believe that too. But there's a process of having it developed. Because there is a greater judgment for those who mislead people in the pulpit than anything else. And you should come to a pulpit, anybody who's in the pulpit should come with real fear and trembling. So we perfect, we equip, and we prepare people for their divine mission, their divine purpose. And when it says the work of the ministry, it's not talking about preparing you to be in the fivefold ministry or even work in the ministry. It's to prepare you to help you be the best at whatever God's called you to be so that maybe you can support the ministry. So that you can advance and promote and increase so that you can financially support the ministry. You know, how many times have I said, you know, many times, you know, if I had this amount of money, man, I would just, I'd write a check. You know, it wouldn't be a problem for me to write a, a check. I mean, if I had the millions of dollars, we, we'd have the academy, I, you know, if I had it. Well, I'm not quite there yet. Someday I might be. And if I am, you're going to see a lot of that, whatever God's given me and blessed me with, it's going to go into the kingdom of God. This is what God wants to do. He wants to raise people up. And see, here's the key. So many times we can limit out if we don't stay in a place where we're challenged to go to the next level. I was thinking about this when I was putting these notes together, and I forgot to write it down, so I went back to the uh, sound booth and asked him to Google this. But I, w I remembered a time where when Pat Raleigh, he was the Lakers coach, and they had, it was back and forth between uh, the Lakers and and uh, the, uh, Boston, and, uh, you know, every year for the NBA playoff. And, and uh, anyway, they were practicing, and Magic Johnson was sloughing off, and Pat Riley said, Johnson, you run. And Magic snapped back at him and says, I don't feel like it. I'm tired. Why should I run? And Coach Riley snapped right back, and he said, because I'm trying to make a champion out of you. You know, sometimes you got to push people before they know that they, before they realize they can get to a certain level. And, you know, and so this is part of our job too is, you know, don't not to limit you out. So you get to a place where, man, things are good. Well, praise God, things are good. But do you want things to get better? The word of the Lord is to progress this year, to see your highest expectancy. Reach your highest level of expectancy. Reach that place you've never been before. Glory to God. And so we, prefer, we perfect. Well, how do we perfect? Well, when you look at Psalms 23 as a shepherd, this is how we perfect. The Lord's my shepherd. Okay? 
He prepares a place. So one of my jobs is as a pastor is to prepare a place for you to grow. I have to prepare a place for you to grow. In order for me to be to prepare a place for you to grow, I have to put certain structures in place. We can't just come in and everybody just do their own thing. You know, it hasn't happened in a long time, but I remember one time somebody came in and they had their tambourine with all their streamers. And this isn't a real big place. And they were beating that tambourine, I tell you what, and our praise and worship team was really having a struggle because they were beating the tambourine off beat. And so no one did anything, so I went up and told them, I said, shut it down. Well, pastor, you just not anointed to tell me to shut this down. I mean, they were so encouraged by my correction that they never came back. But let me ask you something. You know, I'm called as a pastor. I'm called as a, as a teacher. Some of you might not agree with that, but I am. And, uh, you know, I, I teach the Word of God, you know, would, wouldn't you think it would be kind of funny if I, well, I walked into another church and walked up to whoever was in charge and said, well, I'm teaching today? Yeah, or, 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 I, I'm, or walk into a church and said, well, I'm now the new pastor? Huh? Well, you'd say you're nuts, and I would agree with you. you. You wouldn't do that, pastor. You wouldn't do that. Of course I would never do that. You know? But yet somebody would come in with a tambourine without getting permission and streamers. And, you know, we had, we had a banner woman one time. And uh, it was so funny. We just first started a church. Can, 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 I, can I wave banners during worship? Well, you know, I think of waving banners is something like, you know, your little handkerchief, you know, doing this, you know. So this lady comes in, and she's wearing all white. And, and when worship starts, she moves all the chairs out of the way and brings this big sheet, starts waving it up, waving it down. We're just starting a church. I'm thinking, oh, Lord, help me. Please help me, God. And, uh, you know, and, 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 and she would come, oh, pastor, pray for my husband. He's lost. He's lost. He's lost. So I, uh, I met her husband, and uh, I, I encouraged her not to bring the bed sheet to church anymore and use it as a form of worship. And, uh, but boy, she, I mean, she, she, it was all white and everything. So one day I said, look, I, I don't want you worshiping in the back of the church like that. I want you to come sit in the front. Oh, you grieved the Holy Spirit. Well, about that time, her husband started coming to church. He liked me. He started coming to church. He was interested in some of the things I was saying. Did she do all that stuff when he was there? Absolutely not. Where's your, if this is God, if this is your gifting, you know, and I, and I began to realize, you know, she doesn't want her husband saved. Or she does, she, I didn't know what she wanted. 
you know, and, and, and we all go, well, man, that was, that was, that's strange, pastor. I agree. I agree. But yet there's Christians who will go out and listen to any other, any doctrine that's out there. I'm not talking in this house. I'm not talking about anybody here tonight. I'm not talking to anybody online, but you might know somebody. You know, in other words, it's important. If you're not going to be tossed to, to and fro by every doctor, you're going to have to discover who is your pastor. And that's the key right there. You know, people say, I'm looking for my church. And I tell them, don't look for your church. Look for your pastor. Amen. Find your spiritual father. You know, and, and, and ask God to use that person to, to begin to develop you and, and to train you and to, to mentor you. So we know that the shepherd, he prepares a place. He restores. His whole heart is to help restore, help you if you lost anything, gone through a tragedy, gone through difficult things, to teach you what the Word of God says, how God will repay all things. God wants to restore all things. And, of course, the Word of the Lord this year is God's going to restore, and we're going to see our harvest come in at the same time. I'm excited about that. You know, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, in other words, he'll keep you on track. He'll keep you on track if you will let him keep you on track. Now, listen, we're, we're all for believing God. And when we were singles directors, there was a, a, a man who was a very eligible bachelor. And all the girls thought, hmm, he's my husband. He, he's the one for me. And uh, so we tried to let them know they'd come into our office. God told me I'm supposed to marry him. You know, I said, well, God's confused. And they look at me and they well, how come God's confused? I said, well, you're the second or third woman God's told that's supposed to marry this guy. And the truth is he never married one of them. But, you know, in one situation, I said, well, I said, how come you really believe that God called you to marry him? Well, God gave me a sign. Really? I said, what happened? Well, I was out buying a wedding present. No, I was out buying a, 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 a cake pan. I was going to make a cake. And when I was checking it out, the person who was checking me out said, that would make a great wedding present. And that was my sign I was supposed to marry this person. Now, folks, that's desperate. You know, I mean, you're, you really got to dig deep to find something like this. You look at me like, did that really happen, Pat? That really, my wife said, that, that really happened, <laughs> okay? These are things we really, really dealt with, you know. And of course, when he married none of them, they all left the church, you know, because they could not receive or stay on track. You know, God doesn't give you the authority over someone else's will, okay? And so you can't use your faith for someone to be your, you know, you can't, can't you know, you, you really have to be very, very careful trying to, you know, know, I'm trying to say, and be careful about declaring who's supposed to, who you're supposed to marry in your life. So I just thought I'd mention that. Keep you on track. You, their staff and their rod, they'll, thy rod and thy staff will come. Prepare a table for you. We're here to prepare a table for you. That's part of shepherding. Prepare a meal for you. 
And so sometimes when we prepare a meal for you, you know, we, we, we prepare this particular meal, and there's probably some things in there, as Pastor Vicky says once in a while, my message is going to be spinach tonight. It's not something palatable to our soul, but it's something we need to hear. You know, there are certain foods that, you know, of course, there's not anything I don't like really, but, you know, but there are certain foods I'd rather eat more than other food, you know. I sure wish ice cream was, but anyway, we won't go there tonight, okay? But, you know, there's just certain foods I like better than other foods. But, there, but, but I have to eat certain foods because it's proper for my diet. I need that for nutrients, you know, to stay physically strong, to, 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 to stay healthy, you know, so those are things I need to do. And those are things that, that, and so in the spiritual realm, we prepare a table for you in the presence of your, and, and so it's our place to prepare a place. Well, if, if we're not in charge, if I could say it that way, if we're not the ones that are in charge of the facility of the ministry, then if we don't prepare something for you, some, somebody else will come and prepare something for you. Okay, it's not about being controlling, it's about being in charge and knowing and trusting that we are here to prepare something for you. Amen. And we don't take what we do lightly. We, we, we really do spend time in the Word and, and uh, study the Word out and, and really try to bring something great for each and every one. Anoint your head, what does that mean? Well, one of the things that the shepherds would do because the sheep would get down so close to pulling the roots of the grass out when they when they ate it, ate the grass, that sometimes these hornets, they were really actually hornets, but they look like bees, but hornets, they would have their nest underneath the ground, and they would stir that nest up. And the hornet would get in their, their long hair on their on their uh, on their head and be up there and sting them three or four times. So the shepherd would anoint their head with oil. So that bee wouldn't get stuck or tangled in their hair. That bee wouldn't be able to sting them. And so we, we anoint you with the word of God. We, we, we cover you with the anointing of God. So when the enemy comes to throw attacks at your mind, to try to penetrate your soul through your mind and tell you that, you know, there's no worth. Don't listen to anybody tell you that you, there's no worth in you. You know, I'll straighten you out. There's plenty of worth in you. Don't listen to the evil one. You know, so this is part of shepherding. This is part of our job is to, is to make a way for that for, for each and every one of you. So that's part of shepherding, part of making ourselves available for the work of the ministry. All right, number two, for the work of the ministry, again, I said that earlier, doesn't necessarily mean that you will work in the ministry, but it could mean to be trained so that you can support the work of the ministry. Now, I really believe that with the Word of God, that it will, as you take hold of the Word of God, it will cause you to excel in life. I believe that in my whole heart. I believe you're anointed of God to do what God's called you to do. You know, we need, we need anointed teachers. We need revivalists in the public school today. We definitely need anointed teachers today and in colleges. We need anointed doctors. We need an anointed firemen. We need anointed plumbers. We need anointed electricians. All for what? For the work of the ministry. So that they can go out into the world. We had a furnace go out this year. And, and uh, this guy came in. And, 
and uh, we got to talking, and what do you do? Of course, you know, I don't, I'm not ashamed. I'm a pastor. Well, I have some questions for you. And well, even though he wasn't in church, well, does the Bible say this? And does the Bible say that? You know, and we had a great time fellowshipping. But what would happen if he was plugged into a church and he got into a place where someone, you know, didn't go to church? And somehow they knew. And he said, well, you know, I'll pray for you or whatever. Oh, you go to church? Yeah. It's an opportunity for you to take your job is an opportunity for you to take and if not preach it or teach it, to live and be an example of the goodness of God in front of people. Why is it that you don't take any sick days? Well, because I don't get sick. Huh. Why is it that, you know, when, when they laid a bunch of people off, you didn't get laid off? You, you weren't here as long as some others were. Favor of God? Why, why, why is it? Well, people are looking and, and, and they're, they're, they're checking you out and watching the example that you're living. And so that's our job, to help teach you to live this life so that you're an example of the kingdom of God, not just one who talks, the, but one who walks the walk. Edifying, build up, building up. Edifying means to build up. It means building. And it isn't, in, in a sense, when we think about building a new building, a new house, you know, we, man, it's got all the new wonderful things in it. It looks so nice. It's so lovely. It's got all the latest appliances and things. But what about updating? How many of you would say maybe from time to time in your Christian walk, you need to be updated? I do. I need to be updated. This is why we have revival. This is why we have the spirit of revival. This is why we're bring. This is why we're going to have a year of revival this year. We're going to have people come in, and they're going to they're going to share with you, and they're going to you know bring the anointing. People that we believe have the anointing on them to help bring us to that next level, to to update us to that next level that God has for us. They're going to come in, and they're going to share with us. It's going to be a year revival. We're not just going to have one or two revival. We're going to have a year revival. We've got people just waiting to figure out their schedules and things like that, and we're so excited about what we see this year. It's going to be a year revival. Why? So that we can be updated, so we can go to that next level, enter that next place that God has for us. Amen. And so that's so important that we understand that they're here to build us up, to bring us to that next level, to encourage us to go to that barrier breaker breaking level that we've never experienced for in life then unity unity is not really a place where everybody agrees on everything you know i mean my wife and i we don't agree on everything but we agree that we're together for a common purpose that's what unity is and so in psalms 133 it says how pleasant and good it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. We come here for the purpose of the vision of this house. And so how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in unity. It's like the anointing or the dew or the, that descends from Mount Hermon or the anointing that goes upon Aaron and down his beard all the way down to his garment. And so why did he use that particular illustration, beard, there? Because, see, he wants the anointing to come through, not that he can't anoint anyone, but he wants the anointing to come through mature ones, 
Usually someone with a beard is more mature than somebody without a beard. I'm just talking about men. <laughs> anyway. But that's, that's the key. He's, he's, he's looking for someone. And he says, and there I command the blessing. There I command the blessing. I'm commanding the blessing there in that place of unity. And so, yes, we're going to have ministers come in. And they're, and, and they're going to share, and we're going to receive offerings for them. And there's a reason why I'm going here, okay? Now, this is not the only reason of this message, but there's a reason why I'm going there. They're going to share. But in the Word of God, it says that Paul said, no one partner with me except this church. And I'm not saying these other ministries are wrong by having a partners list. But some could come in. Now, we don't think they are where we try to guard you guys in this area. But they could come in. And when they do, uh, and, and I've seen this, they people, certain people in ministries, they come in and they don't look at a congregation to minister to them. They look at them as dollar signs. Partner, partner, partner. Oh, God's called me to come to this church, get some more partners. Well, let me ask you something. What if I went to one of their meetings and stood up and said, hey, anybody out there want to be my partner? You know what they say to me? Well, you're a pastor. You got a church. Of course. But I wouldn't go to their meetings asking the people who are contributing to their meeting to become my partner. Hello, somebody. Amen. And so the policy of this particular church, and again, we have to put structure out there. It's not we're, that we're control freaks, but we're trying to create a safe place for you, okay? The policy of this particular church is that when we have ministers come in, you know, we, we will receive the offering for them. Everything will be payable to Family Worship Center and, uh, you know, make a check that and we'll give them a check. And usually we give more than, in fact, I don't know what time we have it, maybe Gave them exactly what came in from time to time. But, but for most part, we give them more than what comes in to bless them even more. And so I say all that to you because if anybody were to come in and say, well, I've got this project. If I don't stand up here and say, hey, let's get behind the project, that ought to be a sign to you. Amen. That says, you know what, pastor doesn't know anything about this. You know, we brought them in. We're going to... You know, we're, we're, we're going to, we're, we're taking care of them. We, we take care of their hotel. We take care of their meals. We receive an offering for them. We're taking care of them, you know. So what I'm trying to say here is that we're the ones who are raising you up as sheep. We're giving you the food consistently. And so when it comes time to share the sheep, shouldn't we as a shepherd get first pickings of the shearing? Or should I just let anybody come in and shear you? And now, 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 now let, let me put it in this perspective. So sheep get sheared maybe once a year. But what would happen if a sheep got sheared and then somebody came in next week and sheared it again? And then sheared it again? And sheared it again? And sheared it again? And the shepherd would say, you know what, you, the shearing has to stop. They have to have a season to grow again. Amen. Hello, somebody. 
See, that's my job as a shepherd. I'm not here to control anybody or control any ministry. We're here to bless ministries that come in. But I'm here to prepare a place. Still waters, a place where you can grow. I'm here to bring in people who I believe are anointed of God to help update us, bring us to that next level, encourage us, strengthen us so we can be barrier breakers this year. Or will we receive an offering from him? Yes. We will through the church, which is really biblically the proper way of doing things. And again, I'm not against others that have their partner list and things like that. I get it. But this is what God has shown us in the Word of God. We're to prepare a place for you so that you can come in. And, you know, one of the greatest challenges that a lot of us have is, you know, listen, this is why we tell people all the time, when it comes to receiving offerings or special offerings, like our first fruits that we do, you ask God what to do. You find out what God wants to do. You know, one of the greatest ways that you'll never be emotionally, or you'll never emotionally give is if you know what you're supposed to give before you ever come to a meeting. Well, are those times you might come in and you have a figure, but then all of a sudden your faith is stirred up for a little more? Yeah, but God's not going to ask you to give away your rent money if it's due tomorrow. There's a good chance he won't. He could. Very, very unlikely that he will. Am I helping somebody tonight? And my whole point in all this and sharing all this is because this is the purpose of the fivefold ministry. We need to bring in other apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. Because, you know, we can't do it all ourselves. We need to bring them in. And we believe with our whole heart that we have spent time with the right people that are coming in and that their purpose and their motives are pure. But again, you know, if, if, uh, if there's this all of a sudden pop up and, hey, you know, we want you to be partners. You know, there are some people that I've said, hey, if you want to get on their partner list, that's fine. You know, I'll endorse it when I endorse it. But if we don't endorse it, then, you know, you need to really think, hmm, wonder why pastor's not endorsing that. Because I'm controlling or am I protecting? I'm trying to protect. I'm trying to teach. I'm trying to preserve. You've already, you know, you, you know and this is one of the reasons why when we, we do offerings, you know, we do a missionary offering the second Sunday of every month. And so we try really, really hard not to bring in a special speaker on the second Sunday of the month. So there's three offerings on Sunday. We don't want to see that. You know, there's two offerings. Or if we do bring a special speaker, if that's the only time a certain speaker that we like coming on, on that second Sunday, we'll move the missionary offering to another Sunday. Why? Because we don't want to see people get into a position where they feel like they have to give and give and give and give and give because they haven't had time to receive what they've given in the first place. Does that make sense? Am I helping somebody tonight? Well, you're all certainly quiet, but I think you're receiving something. Amen? So it's for the, for the unity so that we can be unified. So it takes leadership and spiritual authority to be in a place to facilitate God's plans for God's people. So that's why it's important to understand why God put these offices in place. That's why it's so important that we know these things. Now, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, it says it like this. And, and you know, unfortunately, because of some things that have happened and misconceptions, 
the, the very first word here is kind of strong. But it says, Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls that they must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. So let me share with you, I think it says it so much better out of the Message Bible. Be responsive to your pastoral leadership. Listen to their counsel. They are alert to the condition of your lives and work under the strict supervision of God. Contribute to the joy of their leadership so that it's not drudgery. Why would you want to make things harder for them? Now, I don't know why the message says it like this, but it wouldn't be profitable for you. Well, do you want to be profitable or unprofitable? Profitable. And so this is the key right here is to, you know, it's not about obey, but it's about, as it says in the uh, message Bible, be responsive, be responsive to, to them, to, to, to the people that God put in your life. The Amplified Classic Bible says like this, obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them continually, recognize their authority over you, for they are constantly keeping watch over your souls and guarding your spiritual welfare as men who have will have rendered an account of their trust. Do your part. Let them do this with gladness and not with sighing and groaning. That would not be profitable to you either. And so one of the things that the Scripture is telling us is that one of the ways we get to that place where we're profitable is by being under that proper spiritual authority and covering. And so, no, it's not the pastor's responsibility to drive around late at night going by everybody's house, making sure everybody's living in the right place, going sleeping in the right bed. No, that's, no, that's not our responsibility. You know, but we are responsible for what goes on in this ministry and the people that we appoint and what they represent. We are responsible for that. You know, we're, not, we're, <laughs> we're certainly not here to control your personal lives or tell you how to, where to live or what house to live in or anything else like that at all. But we are responsible for what goes on here. And this is what brings unity when everybody looks to a person or a couple like Vicki and myself as the leader of the house. How do you want things to be brought in? And ladies and gentlemen, I am very pleased to say that we are there at this time in this ministry. Amen. We have the best staff we've ever had. We have the strongest, best, greatest unity that we've ever experienced in ministry ever, ever before. And so I'm very excited about the next season this ministry has. Because from my perspective, you know, that, and Vicki and my perspective, and it's just everything is in the right place for a major move of God in this house. And we have a passion for you to grow, for you to progress, for you to advance. For you to see your highest expectancy come to pass. For you to see the might of God in an unprecedented way. That's our greatest desire for you. And as long as we keep this in biblical perspective, we're going to see the revival hub of mid-America explode in a revival that's unprecedented to this world. Amen. And I believe that with my whole heart. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org 
or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.